Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. Holidays, uh, um, it was good to, to be away and uh, just to have a time of rest and a time of refreshing. Uh, it seemed like the enemy wanted to take that from us. And uh, 20 minutes before we were to leave, uh, Julie fell and uh, broke we're finding she broke a bone in her hand, and uh, so uh, we were dealing with that as we were heading out, and uh, so uh, it didn't stop us from uh, getting out, but uh, there's still some uh, aftermath that needs to be taken care of. Uh, with uh, she, She'll probably need surgery unless the Lord does a work of miracles there, so... Uh, the other thing was, um, as I'm packing up the uh, night before, or the, or the day before, I was looking, um, or the two nights before, I'm looking at my vehicle as I'm approaching it. It was, I'm looking at the back of it, and uh, I had looked look down, and I see on, on the, the one side, I see uh, that the tire is extremely worn to the point where I'm seeing strips of the belt coming through. And it was like, okay, I hadn't spotted it. It was just on the inside, sort of hidden on the inside along the inner, inner side of the uh, tire. So got that changed. And um, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to see that. However, I get up after we drove all the way up, and I look at the other side, happen to look at the other side, and the same thing is happening to the other side. So we, uh, once again, the enemy wanted to steal from us. The amazing thing is this. So I'm looking for tires, used tires. I'm looking for on the island, and there's very little available. And I'm looking for, okay, new tire tires. Um, and it's like, okay, it's going to cost a huge amount. And so we, we decide, okay, we're going to we'll go home. We'll take the back routes and take a little bit uh, more time uh, to get home. That's not going too fast. And uh, uh, the amazing thing was um, I call yesterday on the way home. I made uh, a call to a place that I'd called two weeks ago, and there was no tires. And uh, I called again and said, yep, I've got four of them. Brand, they're almost almost brand new. They're used tires. Uh, these tires new would be, I don't know, around 1600 bucks for the four. And it was like, thank you, Lord. I'm getting them for $500, all four of them. Plus, one of my sensors in the tire, the guy had mentioned, says, oh, I noticed your sensor is out. He says, uh, we've got used ones. You want us to change that out? Sure. You know, yeah, absolutely. Go for it. So uh, that sensor alone uh, from Volkswagen was, I don't know, $250. Got it. Got everything that for free. I say thank you, Lord. What an awesome God. So He He got us uh, home safely. The enemy means it for evil. The enemy means it for not for our good. The Lord says I can turn what the enemy means for evil for good. I'm not sure what, how that's going to happen or what's going to happen with Julie, but the last uh, <laughs> last week I've been uh, doing her hair. So if there's any issues with her hair, it's because of me. So. <laughs> anyways 
The Lord is, the Lord is uh, good. He is faithful and good. Amen. Amen. So tonight, um, I want to tie in, as we have for the entire year, to this theme of, of the tremendous love of God for us. And because of that tremendous love, that we would be all that we can be for his glory. And uh, so tying in with that, a, a few weeks ago, uh, this thing of being made in his image was really heavy on me. And I, I, I don't know, Andrew, did I mention this to you or something? Because the scripture that you uh, referenced today, uh, Genesis 1 verse 27 is uh, in 26 and around there is exactly one of the passages that I'm going to be using tonight. And this theme of being made in his image. We have been made in the image of God. All of man has been made. All of mankind has been made in the image of God. And so it's like there are traits and characteristics about us that are from God that God is saying, I've made you this way, and I want you to be like me in these areas and in these different ways. And I, I, so I, find, uh, I found that uh, uh, this theme, the Lord had put on my heart to, to go through a few things regarding the image of God that we were made in his image, and we'll get into that. Today is more an introduction, and, and we'll uh, see the next number of Wednesdays. Uh, how it unfolds. I want to focus in on a few things. I'll allude to them today, and we'll get into them uh, in more depth as we go on throughout this month. Also, another thing the Lord has been putting on my heart as I've been going through the Word, and uh, I've mentioned already to a few times that I've been going through the Scriptures um, chronologically. So the books of the Bible are not uh, put, put in place totally chronologically, but there's different aspects, especially regarding the, the, the prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets. They, they were there throughout the, the times, uh, especially once the nation of Israel was established, they were put into place. And so if you're looking at Isaiah, for instance, Isaiah lived at the time just around 700 B.C., so all those kings that he influenced or was speaking to, he was able to speak into their, into their um, what should I say, their ruling at that time. I, I alluded to that in our last series of Kings and Priests as we focused in on Hezekiah. But as you look at these different uh, prophets, they tie in with First and Second Kings, they tie in with uh, First and Second Chronicles. They tie in with First and Second Samuel's. Samuel, we, we have Samuel especially as being uh, the one that would speak into the king's life, whether it was uh, King Saul or King David um, especially. Uh, so I'm reading through chronologically, and the Lord has put on my heart, or I'm, I'm, I'm just to, to look at the names of God and to make note of the different names of God that are mentioned. So today I'm, I'm going to 
um, I'm going to tie in a few things of being made in his image as the, as the series. Uh, we're made in his image. And I also want to look at the names of God because the names of God, who he is then, gives an idea of his, who he, well, who he is and who we should be as believers, as children of God. And let me just say this. Even those that are unbelievers have been made in the image of God. They have traits and characteristics that every person has or every person on, on this planet has, whether they're good or bad or, or bad or whether they're followers of Christ or not. There are certain traits. And a lot of times there's no acknowledgement. People might say, well, I'm just lucky or whatever that I have these certain traits. But these are things that God has given uh, because we were made in his image. So we'll tie into this being made in his image. We'll look at a few names. And I'm going to start actually with this uh, very first mention of God in the Bible. And especially, they, they say actually Job was probably the first uh, book that was written. But uh, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And uh, the word God here is Elohim. Elohim in the Hebrew. And the word Elohim or him is there's this aspect of plurality. We're not just talking single, singular God. We are, but there's a plural aspect to this name, God, Elohim. And so it has to do with the true God. It has to do with uh, who he is, God. And there's this plural aspect to, this, to the name God. And we'll see that. Uh, and I'm going to go, I want to go right to the New Testament. Uh, and then we'll go back to the Old Testament regarding this plural aspect of the, of the name God. So, expanding on this plural God, as in plural meaning more, more like one God, but there are, th there are three distinct beings. There are three distinct beings. And so, uh, in 1 John 5, and there's many different passages that talk about the fact that we're not just talking about one being, but we're talking about a triune God, a trinity of three. And so uh, one of the passages that, that really speaks of this, and the enemy, it seems like there are certain Bibles and versions or trans, uh, paraphrases that they're eliminating or they've, they're trying to eliminate aspects of who God is. And... Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to refer to one of them. And it seems like they take these different translations, which, um, yeah, things have been taken right out. First uh, John 5, verse 7. First John 5, verse 7 says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. There are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Word 
and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. We know from John 1 verse 1, we know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 14 it says, and we beheld him in the flesh, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And so we have, there are three that bear witnesses in heaven. The Father, the Word, or Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Now, interesting, uh, that's the, the New King James Version. In the English Standard Version, the ESV, which has come out in the last little while, and many people use that one, but I, I couldn't believe how different it was. So I'm going to go back to the verse that goes before. I want to read it in the New King James Version first, and then I'll go to the ESV. So this is the New King James Version. It says, this is he, this is verse 6, the one that comes before the three that bear witness in heaven. This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not only by water, but by water and blood. So this aspect of who came by water and blood, we're talking about the fact that the water indicates or refers to the fact that he came in the flesh. Each one of us is born in water as physically. Jesus was born when he came to this earth, he was born of Mary and the Holy Spirit. There was this thing of Jesus being formed in Mary. So the, the, the aspect of the humanity of Jesus is referenced by this word water. This is he who came by water and blood. And so the blood does not only refer to the fact that he was human or fully human, uh, but it also refers to his sacrifice. So the, the water is the humanity of Christ. The blood refers to his sacrifice on the cross, his blood that was shed for us. And it is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit is truth. So the spirit bears witness of this, of the fact that Jesus came, and the fact that he died on the cross for us, the Spirit bears witness of this. In fact, a witness is somebody that's there. Over the years, I, this has hit me so hard. If you want the Holy Spirit to be very evident in your life, acknowledge the coming of Jesus and acknowledge his death on the cross. It says this, the Holy Spirit bears witness of this. And, it, it, and it, you, you'll see in verse 7 and 8 here how much there's a witness that is born by the Holy Spirit. It says, for there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So we went over that already. And there are three that bear witness on earth. So the three that bear witness on earth is the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree as one. If you desire, once again, let me say again, if you desire the witness of the Spirit in your life, if you desire the fullness and the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life, acknowledge the coming of Jesus and acknowledge his death. Acknowledge his sacrifice on the cross for us. In fact, the Holy Spirit comes and he flows through the acknowledgement of Jesus Christ and him crucified. 
That's where the, the wisdom and the power of God through the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, comes to us through his finished work on the cross. Let me read again. And there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Now let me read the same thing uh, from the ESV. It says in verse 7, so verse 7 said, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Verse 7 of this says, for there are three that testify. That's it. There are three that testify. And so it doesn't, like, there's, it's like, where did the rest of this verse go? And then verse 8 says, the spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. Well, that's, that's not what it says in the King James Version. I'm just, so once again, uh, I'm wondering where the rest of the passage are. And you, you'll find that there are passages or Bibles that said that in omit entire verses. It's like, okay. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, the Word of God, this, this thing of God being plural, Elohim. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, this Elohim, this, this plural God of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So if we want the witness of the Holy Spirit in our lives here on earth, again, I just repeat again, believe in the humanity of Christ coming 2,000 years ago, the, the water, believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, his bloodshed, and these three agree as one, work as one. They bear witness on earth, the Holy Spirit coming through or only through the water, the humanity, and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Now, this thing of God, we see this already, this plural God in verse 26, Genesis 1 verse 26, the first part of it, it says, and Andrew referred to this passage this, this evening, and I, I went, as soon as he, he referred to it, I, think, I was thinking, did I tell him that what I was going to be talking about? I thought, no, I didn't tell him. And like of all the verses he could have possibly picked, he picked this one. He was talking more about the fact of, of, of dominion. But it says in, in Genesis 1, 26, it says, Then God said, let us. Let us. It doesn't say, then God said, I'm going to make man and my image according to my likeness. I'm going to give them dominion, that they would have dominion over the things on the earth. It doesn't say, there's this, this aspect of plural, plural being more than one. And it says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And then it says, it continues on, let them have dominion. It goes on in verse 27. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So we see in this, this verse, we see the going from Adam. He, Adam was created in the image of God. And we're going to, I'm going to look just briefly, uh, and we're going to get into it a little bit more 
uh, as we go on. But today I'm just I'm going to look at five different things, how we are made in the image of God. And we, we should not be opposed to this. We should not say, oh, I'm, I, these are not things that I want to do or not do. It's, it's things that we would say, let the fullness of the image of God be seen in my life. And let it be shown. Let, let us be all that we can be for his glory. That he, Jesus would be glorified. That God would be glorified in us. Because he has created us in his own image. So if we are made in his image, there are traits each one of us have that are from God, are like God. Those traits, those characteristics that God has that he gave to us. And I recognize there's probably, there's many more than I've, I'm going to be focusing in on. But I'm going to be focusing in on five different things. So, these traits, these characteristics that are like God, they should be recognized and acted upon in acknowledging where they come from. And that's where the, the unbeliever struggles. The unbeliever doesn't recognize these traits as being from God, and so they're not acknowledged. They don't acknowledge God and the traits they that have been, that are part of who they are. The believer should look, we as believers, we should look for those things, these things in our lives, and we, they need to be, let them be emphasized, let them be expanded upon, let them be maintained, let them be practiced, let them, let, let them be appreciated. Let these things be appreciated in our lives. Thank you, Lord, you have made us in your image, the benefits and the blessing that we have. It says in Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship. He created us. And we created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so we are his, the Father's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, for good actions, for good steps that we should take, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So part of it is, Lord, what you created me for a purpose. What is the purpose that I have according even to your image, to who you are? Those traits, Lord, are those traits being seen within me? Are they being displayed through me to be all that we can be for his glory? The enemy will do whatever he can to stop the image, the traits, the characteristics of God from happening in our lives. Truly. In John 10, verse 9, it, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So Jesus gave himself so that we could have life. The enemy wants to steal from us, even as believers, and especially as believers. I mentioned this. This hit me hard just in the last month. And I, I've recognized, yeah, the enemy is, is there, and we, you know, 
we recognize we're fighting not against flesh and blood. But it hit me how much the enemy wants to steal from us. And when it comes to who God would have us be and, and to be like him in the traits that he's given us, to be made in his image, the enemy say, I don't want for those traits to be evident in Dave's life or in, any, in anybody's life. So, that we would allow those things to take place in our life, the, these traits of God in our lives. The amazing thing is that even our own flesh is opposed to the things of the Holy Spirit. There's a battle that goes on. I'll just read very quickly. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. We're talking the Holy Spirit. So we can live by two different ways. We can live by the flesh or we can live by the Spirit. And these two are at odds with each other. The, our own flesh is contrary to the Holy Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death. So even when it comes to our mind and our thinking and our thoughts, to be carnally minded, to be thinking from a human perspective, and I see in my own life, when I look at things carnally, there's an opposition to the, the Holy Spirit. In fact, I, I become overwhelmed or depressed if I'm looking at things from a human perspective. When we look at things from a human perspective, and we, we act on those thoughts and that, that perspective, it says here, it is death. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Lord, the thoughts that, that your thoughts would be within me. We have the, we have the ability to, to have the thoughts of God, to have the Holy Spirit in our life, to have the breath of God bringing us life. It says, it says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is opposed to God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. The flesh will not follow the ways of, of God, the, the, the laws of God, nor indeed can be. It is opposed to the things of God. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And that is why Paul says, I am crucified daily. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. So this fight that's going on between the flesh and that's why he says in Galatians 2, verse 19, For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I, I can't keep the law. To try to make it by keeping the law can't do it. So I died to the law and attempting to keep the law for my salvation, I died to that that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. 
And the life which I now live in this body, in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. On the cross, he gave himself for us. So I'm crucified with Christ. The flesh, when Jesus died on the cross, it was the flesh that died. His spirit and soul were fully alive. His spirit and soul did not die. And the Lord would have us, even by the, this, this uh, directive, by the Holy Spirit, to be crucified. I've been crucified with Christ. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, deny yourself, take up the cross daily. Daily, there's this crucifying of the flesh. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. If you want the fullness of God and the fullness of the Spirit, the fullness of the Son, and the will of God the Father done in your life, recognize, once again, his, the water and the blood. The water and the blood. The, the humanity of Jesus Christ. The fact that he came and the fact that he died. Recognize it. And the will of God will be able to be done. The grace of God is not set aside. Grace means favor that I don't deserve. Unmerited favor. I don't deserve it, and yet God is giving. I just say, thank you, Lord. I just say, thank you, Lord, for, for saving over $1,000 if I would have to buy those tires new. $1,000 saved. And even so that little light, I'm driving, or as we're driving home, my mom, she's sitting in the back seat. Hey, Dave, there's a yellow light flashing on your, what is that? How come there's a yellow light on? I said, oh, that's just one of my sensors for the tires is out. It's not working. So to take care of even a little tire sensor, it's like, thank you, Lord. You are so good. To, you desire your grace. I don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But, Lord, you want, you want to help out. I just, I just today I, I looked at the, at the tires again. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, that's a lot of tread. Do you want to go look at my, the tread on, that, on those tires? Just the grace of God. Just I, thank you, Lord. You are so good. You are so good. We were made in the image of God, in the image of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There are so many traits we have of God. And so I'm going to go over five of them very quickly uh, today. And this is what we'll be getting into uh, as we continue on on, on these Wednesday nights. Um, first thing, God is a God of relationship and the desiring of relationship. Not only to have relationship, but if there's not a relationship there, to desire relationship. It says, as I already read, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion. In the New Testament, think about it. In John 1, verse 11, 12, and 13, it says, it talks about those that did not receive Jesus. They did not receive Jesus. Verse 11, it says, he, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become children of God, even to those that believe on his name, 
who are born not of blood or the will of man or of flesh, but are born of God. As we receive Jesus into our life, the, the intent of receiving Christ into our life is all about relationship. We read of Revelations chapter 3, where, where the Lord is speaking to the church of the Laodiceans. To the church of the Laodiceans, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and opens the door, I will come in. And the old King James Version says, And I will sup with them. I will dine with them. There is something about food. It's, it's about fellowship. It's about getting. That's why I love the, the aspect that we, we've been getting together, especially the end of the month. And uh, I missed the last Sunday getting ready to go away. But uh, tonight as we go out, men's night out, the, the aspect of fellowship we would have fellowship. God has put this in our lives to have relationship. And I'll tell you right now, I am, I am one that is more introverted than extroverted. So I am, I am fully fine being on my own, and uh, it doesn't bother me. Whereas extroverts, oh, man, i got to be around people. That we would desire for relationship to happen amongst us. We would have relationship with one another. I've been talking about the vertical ministry and the horizontal ministry that we have as kings and priests, a royal priesthood, that we should have that. But this thing of relationship is the desire when we have that the vertical relationship. God desires relationship with us. That, Lord, I look forward to being in your presence. But also relationship with others whether they are believers or not. Lord, allow me. Today I got a text from someone just saying, I had opportunity to witness just because of the shirt I was wearing. The gates of hell will not prevail. I'm like, what, what does that even mean? And this individual had opportunity to share about Jesus. was all excited about the sharing of Jesus with somebody else that didn't know the Lord. Relationship. And part of that, that, that connecting at times with the unbeliever is for the sake of them to have relationship. It is for the, them to have relationship with God Almighty. We, we have the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation that people will be able to have relationship with God. So this thing of relationship and the desiring of relationship Secondly, another trait that we have that is of God, His image, we are made in the image of God, is the, the aspect of amazing creativity and intricate, complex design. So even as we read through Genesis chapter 1, again and again, there's this thing, I, I love it, this is the Holy Spirit is giving Moses, the, 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 here, write these things. And so Moses, under the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying, hey, God is saying of himself at, at the end of the day, and it was good. The things that he spoke into existence, it says, and it was good. It's like, 
It's like the Lord is patting himself on the back. Man, that's good. That is good. And so here the three of them, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, are, are speaking things into, things are being spoken into existence. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Things are being spoken into existence, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, after it's being spoken into existence, perhaps for the very fir first time, is good. It was good. It is good. And then it says at the very end, it says, then God saw everything that he had made. So the plurality of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, saw everything that they had made, and indeed, it was very good. It was not just good. It was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Of us, it says in Psalm 139, 14, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows, knows well. I'll tell you right now. The enemy does not want you to think that you were fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, he will try to, to, to steer you to your weaknesses and your flaws and your faults and say you're no good for nothing. And the Lord is saying, I have made you. I have made you. You have been made fearfully and wonderfully, intricately. I've made you. That we would not take the, the estimation of ourselves or of others, but that we would take the estimation and the evaluation of the Lord God for us that we have been made wonderfully, marvelously. And it says, and that my soul knows very well. You know what? The enemy, and he robs us of that. It is our soul that is lacking or hurting and saying, well, I'm no good for nothing that we would recognize who God made us to be wonderfully. This thing of this creativity of the fact that God knew that we would exist before we were, before the universe was even made. He knew that you and I would exist. And it is a wonderful thing. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Before we even existed, God says, I know that Dave's going to exist. And this is what I have planned for Dave. And the same thing for each and every one of you. I know that you will exist. I have made you wonderfully. And this is what I would have you do. Lord, what is it that you would have me do? Let me do it. Let me do it. Third aspect of being in the image, made in the image of God, is to have life physically and spiritually. In Genesis 2, 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Here, Adam, coming to life. There was this aspect of a physical aspect to it, and there was a spiritual aspect. And we, we read of in, in Genesis chapter 3 where one sin and they were separated from God. They were separated from God for, because of one sin. We are separated. It says in Ephesians 2, it says that we were dead in trespasses and sins. And as you continue to read through the beginning of Ephesians 2, it's, it says that, but we were raised up. We were, 
we were made alive through Jesus Christ. Which is by grace you have been saved through or by faith. It is not of yourselves, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. This thing of faith in Jesus Christ to have life. So we are made alive physically and spiritually to have life. Lord, let your will for my life, for our life be done. What would you have me do with, with who I am? And even some of the flaws and the faults and the failings that we have, as Paul says, you know what? Three times I asked the Lord to take away this thorn. And he said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul goes on to say, well, I'm going to gladly then boast in my infirmities and in my weaknesses and my distresses and my perils and all the different things that I go through. I'm going to boast in them. I, I realize I can't do it because when I am weak, then I am strong. His strength made perfect in my weakness. What a wonderful way to look at life. Fourthly, eternity. The fact that we were made to live forever. We've all, we, this part of who God is, is that we will live for eternity. And his heart and desire, going back to this, this first thing of relationship, the heart of God is that we would live eternally with him. That's the heart for, of God for every single person to be with him for eternity. And it is through Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life with him, with God. So this thing of being eternal, eternity, there are things ahead of us. In 1 Corinthians I believe it's chapter 2, verse 9. It says that the things that we might imagine can't even begin to imagine what God has for us. Eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man that which God has prepared for those that love him. It's like, oh, thank you, Lord. We get glimpses of it in his word. We get glimpses on this side of heaven, the things of God. We can just only imagine if this is a fallen world, if this is a fallen world, like the other day, the other night, even during the day, just sitting and, and the, 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 the lake that was in front of us was just so calm and it was so peaceful at nighttime. Just to the, the stars and the moon, the moon coming up over the horizon and all these different things like, wow. What an amazing God that we have. And this is in a fallen world. Can you imagine what it will be like when the things of the, uh, uh, the new earth and the new heavens are, are fashioned? Be like, Lord, you're an amazing God to be eternally with you. I want to mention one name, another name of the Lord from the New Testament uh, before I, I, I mention the last trait. And that is Jesus. It says in Matthew 1, verse 17, it says, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are another 14 generations. 
and from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations, 52 generations from Abraham right to Jesus. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother, Mary, was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. I know I'm reading a, Christ, a Christmas passage. It's like, oh, man, I'm excited. You get excited about the coming of the Lord and, and all that, that season, especially as we celebrate here on earth. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Oh, she's pregnant and we're not married. This is not good. I'll just put her away quietly, secretly, so nobody knows. But while he was, while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David. So Joseph was part of the uh, uh, genealogy, as was Mary, from David. That's pretty cool to know. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So this thing of Jesus, it is actually from Jehovah is salvation. Jesus comes from Jehovah is salvation. Jehovah or Yahweh, the self-existing or eternal one, the existing one is what Jehovah is, Yahweh. They wouldn't even pronounce. That's where you get Adonai from. But this thing of Yahweh, Jehovah. So they took out these different letters. So they didn't even want to say his name. It was so precious. Jehovah is salvation. That's what Jesus means, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. We get that from Isaiah. Then Joseph, 700 years prior, then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Jehovah is salvation. His name, Jesus' name, is above all the names. Let Jesus be above every other name in your vocabulary. No, Jesus' name is above whatever it is. He's above every ruler. He's above Justin Trudeau. Jesus is above. He is sovereign. But it might be other things that may come at you and you just say, you know what? Jesus' name is above anxiety. Jesus' name is above oppression. Jesus' name is above infirmity. Jesus' name is above cancer. Jesus' name is above anything that the enemy may bring us. Jesus' name is above Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord, I bow my knee to you. Everything will bow its knee to you. Lord, let everything bow to you, especially in our lives, that there would be a glorifying of Jesus Christ and that will bring glory to the Father as well. With that, the final aspect is free will. We're not robots. We're not animals. We're not driven by instinct. We have free will. We have the opportunity to choose. And so we have the choice, the free will to say, I will bow my knee to the Lord and I will confess Jesus Christ is Lord in my life or not. We have choice that we would say, Lord, that you would be Lord in my life. In Isaiah 45, verse 22, this is where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. This is where it's coming from. It says in Isaiah 45, verse 22, it says, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. Every single person, look to me, wherever you may be from, for I am God and there is no other. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return, that to me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall take an oath that it would be, he shall say, surely in the Lord I have righteousness and strength. To him men shall come and all shall be ashamed. Especially those who are incensed against him. We would look to the Lord for our righteousness, for our strength, for our salvation, for our life. Every knee should bow, every tongue should confess a choice that we need to make, that we would make that choice as believers. Every aspect of our life, Lord, I surrender and I submit to you. Just like when we came to the Lord to have life, our sins forgiven, we surrender to Jesus Christ. Let him be Lord, not just Savior. Let him be Lord in your life. Jesus Christ is Lord. This God, this creator, is beyond what we can possibly imagine. And there is an acknowledgement of Jesus, of the Father, and of the Holy Spirit. In the Revelations 5, verse 13, it says, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. That that's where, what our lives would declare to Him. Lord, you would receive all blessing and honor and glory and power in my life, through my life. Let there be a glorifying of the Lamb forever and ever. Because He first loved us, that we would choose 
to love him with all our heart, that our lives now and for all eternity would bring him glory, would bring him the honor that is to his name. Let's just stand together. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you tonight, Lord, that we were made in your image. And Lord, I just pray tonight that there was, would be a speaking into the hearts of each and every one of that, those traits and aspects. And Lord, there are others as well. But Lord, that we would have relationship with you and a desire of relationship with you. Lord, we would take time each day to spend time with you. Lord, that we would also look to spend time with each other. Lord, it is a good thing tonight. We have gathered together. Lord, it is a good thing that we would assemble ourselves together with the saints, especially as we see the day approaching. And Lord, that we would love one another as you have loved us. Lord, I pray that there would be things, the things that you have for us would be accomplished. Your will for us would be accomplished because you created us amazingly and beautifully and wonderfully. Lord, I just pray that our lives would bring you glory. In Jesus' name, you have given us life physically and spiritually. You have given us life to be alive for eternity. And Lord, we thank you that, your, that salvation comes through you, Jesus, as we believe in who you are and what you did for us on the cross 2,000 years ago. We have life in and through you. And Lord, I pray that even as we look to eternity, we would recognize already on this side of heaven there are some amazing things that you want to do through us. And Lord, so we willingly bow our knee to you and we confess, Jesus, be Lord in our lives. Be Lord in us. That there would be a glorifying of who we are, not just on a, a, a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning as we would gather together or whenever we would gather. But Lord, even when we are alone, even when we are in the world, Lord, even when we are with the, even the unbeliever, that there would be a glorifying of you in and through us. In Jesus' name, Lord, that we would be a light, that we'd be light and salt in these last days. Lord, we thank you that we were created in your image and we acknowledge those traits and those characteristics. Lord, that you would be glorified in them and how you made us and who you made us. These things that are of you, that we glorify the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.